I guess I just first wanted to start off by telling you how proud of you I am. I know this election with issue one didn't go the way we were voting or hoping or praying, but looking out and seeing how much energy everybody put forth, right? how many prayers were offered, the extra rosaries that people gathered in the church to pray, or even on election day, we had adoration in the church, people coming in and out of the church, even just the difficult conversations. I know people said they had with maybe family members or friends or, or co-workers to talk about the dignity of all human life or people basically going out of their comfort zone. And it was just incredible to watch you and to watch your generosity and your effort and your love for all of God's people that you showed in this. And so every now and then this past week, people have asked, you know, what do you, what do you think about how everything went? And of course, there's disappointment, there's discouragement, but stronger than all of that is the great pride, you know, that I have in, in all of you and all that you did to support the dignity of all human life. And so as we come here today after the fact, you know, and there's all the <clears throat> different thoughts, the emotions that kind of go on in our heart, we know that the Lord is always one to answer, right? The Lord is always speaking to us, especially through the gospel. And so this, this Sunday, <clears throat> as we're, we're given this gospel today, and a kind of a peculiar parable that we hear at the very end of, of Jesus's ministry. He's kind of wrapping things up about ready to have his trial. This is during Holy Week. And he tells this parable of somebody who's showing up late. You know, and it, it's the whole kind of parable of these 10 virgin, virgins is a, a Jewish wedding ceremony. So basically there's the virgins are in some ways like the bridesmaids. So I would happen at a Jewish wedding that the groom would come and meet his bride, wherever she was, probably at her parents' house. She would have these virgins or her, her bridesmaids with her, and then he would pick up his bride and they would go to the wedding celebration and end up back at their home. And so it's a little peculiar that the guy doesn't show up. And after Mass at St. Lawrence earlier, somebody said, hey, Father, actually my dad showed up late for his wedding because they were at the tavern in town and they lost track of time. Whoa. Um, but you think, so what's, what's the deal with this guy when he's, he's not showing up, late for, late, showing up late for his wedding and everybody's waiting, everybody's kind of, they're running out of oil in their lamps. And in our, our same sense, well, we think, well, if the Lord doesn't come because Jesus is the real bridegroom, right? Jesus is the one who comes to marry us, his people. And so what happens when Jesus is delayed or Jesus doesn't show up as we expect him to, or as we want him to. We can become apathetic. We can come a bit drowsy, a bit kind of just disheartened, just as probably the, the ten, 10 women in this gospel were, that we can kind of lose heart in our Lord. But then, of course, eventually, there's this great cry that goes up around midnight as everybody's asleep. Behold, the bridegroom come out to meet him. You wonder whose voice that was. Who is the one that got to shout? Who get to, to point out the bridegroom is coming? It's almost kind of like John the Baptist gets to point out that Jesus is coming. And then there's this fury of activity. You know, they start lighting their lamps. You could imagine maybe they're like, oh gosh, I just fell asleep. My hair's all out of whack now or something like that. And they basically have this joy that now he's, he's coming. Or maybe joy for the five who are wise but the five who are foolish, there's a little bit of an, 
oh crap, sort of moment. You know, when they realize they don't have oil for their lamps. But there's this excitement, there has to be, for the ones who are prepared, for the ones who are ready, that the bridegroom is coming. And you think for us, that's got to be the joy that we experience when we know that Christ is coming. That amidst maybe all of the, the apathy or the worry or the discouragement, that the Lord still comes, right? that the Lord still enters into our lives. And that happens in so many different ways for us. It happens whenever two or three of us gather in prayer, the Lord comes to meet us. Or it happens every time we gather to celebrate the sacraments and the Lord comes to meet us in the Eucharist. Or whenever friends gather to encourage each other, the Lord comes to meet us to renew our faith, to renew our trust. And there's this great cry, behold, Christ comes, come out to meet him. And so how do we do that? How do we always be ready to meet the Lord whenever he comes? You know, in this difference between the foolish ones and the wise ones. Because the foolish aren't bad ones, right? They're not hateful ones. They're not even the mean ones. They're just simply the ones that weren't ready to persevere. They, weren't, they were the ones who weren't ready to be there for the long haul or for the disappointment or things to last longer than they had hoped. And the wise ones were the ones that were ready. They were ready to stick it out. They were the ones ready to be there for the long haul. In some ways, it makes us think of of another gospel, a parable that we heard over the summer with the seed that gets scattered on all the different types of ground. And the foolish virgins are the ones who are like the seed that's scattered amongst the rocks, right? They're there for a quick minute. It shoots up, but there's no roots And so when the sun comes out, things get a little hot, things get a little difficult, that plant withers away. Whereas the the wise ones are the ones who are like the ones on on, uh, good soil, that when it's scattered, the seed is, it finds a good soil to take root, and then it bears fruit 30, 60, or 100 fold. So how do we do this? Except just being put simply, we keep our eyes focused on the Lord. You think about all the distractions, all the different ways our eyes can be focused on something other than Jesus, whether it's news, whether it's gossip, whether it's what's going on in somebody else's life or whatever it may be. But how do we become ready to meet the Lord and to meet him with joy, to meet him with excitement, to meet him with hope and with love and peace? Well, we just simply keep looking towards him that we kind of do our best to minimize any distractions in our lives and keep our eyes focused on the Lord so that we can meet him when he comes. And this gospel takes a a very maybe specific way we can look at it on this Sunday because this Sunday is the end of Vocations Awareness Week where we remind people, we invite people to consider their own vocation, whether it's as somebody who's married or as a priest or as a religious sister or nun or, or any other vocation. And this, this uh, past August, we had a, a young woman from one of our parishes enter a cloistered religious convent. Uh, so she's going to be a nun, basically have no contact with the outside world except very minimally through letters or her parents coming to visit every once in a while. But you think about who she is in this gospel and what it means for somebody to be a contemplative, to be a cloistered sister for her entire life. 
is to just simply be like one of those wise bridesmaids in the gospel that is constantly looking to the Lord, always ready to meet him. That's our entire life. And I think it's just awesome that we've got somebody who will probably be for the rest of her life praying for her parishes, her parish that she grew up at for eternity, for the rest of her life. And so that's a great gift that some people are called to, but probably not many of us. But maybe another place in the gospel that the Lord might be inviting some of us to, some of our young men and women, is to a more active life, like a religious sister teaching in the schools or serving the poor or a priest. And I think our entire lives is basically to be that random voice that cries out at midnight, behold the bridegroom, come out to meet him. And so maybe the Lord is calling some of our own young and men and women in our parishes to be that voice that cries out constantly with as much energy as we can possibly find to say, behold the bridegroom, and then invites people, come out to meet him. And that's a great gift. And so maybe we encourage young men and women in our parish or our friends, our our own children, to at least ask God, is this something that he might be calling you to do, to prepare people to meet Jesus Christ. And that's the great hope that all of us have, that no matter what happens in our world, whether it's our own shortcomings or it's whether difficult things in our own day-to-day life or in our society, the Lord still comes to meet us, that he still comes with great joy to meet us, his bride, his church. And that should bring us a whole lot of joy. It should bring us an incredible amount of peace, that no matter what happens in our lives, through the sacraments, through our prayer life, and through the love of our family and friends, the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, still comes out to meet us. And so may we be vigilant. May we always be ready to come out and meet him.